Welcome to the Life Success and Legacy Podcast. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our next episode of the Life Success Legacy Podcast. We're super glad that you uh, are able to join us. And thanks to all the listeners who keep coming back, whether you are a client of ours, which thank you to all of our clients, or if you're just somebody out there listening, thank you. Um, back in 2016, when we started this whole thing, number one, I thought, I don't really have much to say. <laughs> uh, and number two, uh, I remember Everett saying, this is a stupid idea. Nobody's going to want to listen to this. So I think, yeah. what are we, Crawford, like 50,000 listeners now or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, well, I'm Chris Bay. Uh, hello, friends <laughs> out there who join us. Uh, glad you could join us. Today, um, we are joined Mike Crawford and Mike Kwong. Um, and our other Mike is out on the road in uh, central Kansas and I believe Oklahoma doing a bit of a walkabout. He and Linda are going around visiting uh, friends and family. And um, so they're out for a couple of days. So we're going <laughs> to jump in. And today, what we're going to jump into is um, a couple of books. Um, we have two books here, I'll hold up, that we have within our library on our website, lifesuccesslegacy.com. And we've talked about each of them before, but we're going to dig in a little bit uh, from a different angle today. And Mike Crawford's going to help us kind of navigate this conversation so Kwong and I don't go like down <laughs> super rabbit trails to start with, um, Mike Kwong, you and Pei, when you were talking about Nelson's book and your book and my book, you guys kind of had a, a, a way to describe them of how those pieces of the puzzles fit together, which I thought was super insightful. Yeah, um, sure. So obviously Nelson's book is the, you know, we joke, it's the Bible of, you know, IBC and it's what started it all. And nothing can touch it, uh, obviously. And that's the first thing that anyone should, you know, get their hands on if they're interested or heard about IBC. Um, and, and really, we, we say that is the what, because before that, there was nothing. Um, so his book really explains what IBC is, uh, introducing it. Um, and, and since then, you know, of course, there's been other writings. Um, Chris, your book, um, that is like, you know, a parable, really, explaining, um, you know, a family and, you know, real uh, relevance, adding relevance to the situation and how IBC pertains um, is kind of like the why is what we say. Uh, so Nelson's book is like the what IBC is. And then your book with the family story is the why. Uh, and we kind of joke, like maybe my book can be the the how, because, um, you know, my book focuses, of course, it's also about IBC and and really what we've done with our systems, you know, over the nine and a half years uh, and how we've leveraged um, the policies to uh, do things, real things that we've, you know, and, and been able to achieve. So that's kind of like the how, as well as the last part, which is leveraging it for passive income, which is really cool too, I think. So hopefully that gives a more complete uh, picture, yeah. you know, yeah, the, yeah. you got to know what it's about, you know, why it's <laughs> and maybe how to you know implement it in the life yeah and i think like the one thing that like when i thought about this podcast was you know the idea of these two books is yes chris's is the why and yours is the you know the how maybe 
But what I love about how we as a team approach infinite banking is we each understand it from a different perspective, right? Different life experiences. Chris, you're you're an educator. Also, Kwong, I know you are as well. But you had different life experiences that diverged to the two of your you know paths in terms of infinite banking, which is what I think maybe led Chris to write the book the way he did because of the learning style that he prefers. And then you well, you wrote your book as a way to sort of like roadmap it, like along with your your daughter, right? You know, like sort of, you know, and I think that that's one of the things about our team, you know, Chris, if you, if you would talk about like your approach to your book, I know we've covered this before, but as we talk about it with Mike's book, I'd kind of like to pair those together so that people understand mm -hmm. each of our approach as a team. Yeah, so, um, you know, I <clears throat> we do focus on education a lot um at life success legacy and i'm always with my background as an educator i'm always thinking about how can i teach this person how can i put it in a language how can i use an analogy how can i use their learning style so that it it is easy for them to consume right um i last night i spent about two hours with a, a with a woman who came to my office and I started by asking all these questions to begin with, right? I kind of think of it as I can either shotgun somebody and hope that a few pieces hit them, right? Or I can ask lots and lots of questions and really zone in on what is it that is their pain point? What is their issue? What are they trying to accomplish? Then I can load up the rifle and I can nail the, bull the bullseye. That's kind of my way. And so... With us, we know that Nelson's book is fantastic, but it's not necessarily everybody's learning style. In fact, reading is not everybody's learning style. We recognize that. That's why we have podcasts, right? It's why we do boot camps that are very interactive and it's yep. Q&A and things like that. Um, so, so to me, when I wrote my book, um, I wanted, because I love business parables, I love reading uh, Pat Linciani. You know, there's a, a variety of books out there. The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, um, all those different kind of books. I love when they put them in parable format. Mm -hmm. I think it gives context. And so I thought, how can I put Nelson's message into a format that's not out there? And right. to my knowledge, there is no, no parables out there about IBC. And so it's a short book that anybody can read in an hour and a half or less, right? I joke, if if it takes you longer than an hour and a half, then I put you to sleep. Yeah. Okay. Because it's a short book. You you should be able to get some of the concepts that we teach the main concepts in the book. Um, so that's that's kind of the direction that I went. And I probably focused more on the turning the wind current and the debt pieces because we were a single income family and we were struggling with that. And so that's why I wrote about that. And that's, I mean, to be fair, to use one of Mike Kwong's phrases, to be fair, that's where most of America is. Yeah. Is they're, they're struggling with the wind current. Well, yeah. and I think that that speaks to why you wrote the book the way you did was your life experience, Mike. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to talk about, you know, what led you to that again, we've talked about this before, but I think it pairs so well together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, going back to the, the motivation or the genesis of the book, um, it really was just notes for my daughter, right? And, and that's where they started. Um, 
actually before writing the book, I had put out some videos, you know, just to chronicle, okay, there's this strategy because, you know, I, at the time I was heavily into, you know, trading options as well, yep. stock trading options. And I still do. Uh, that's a vice of mine. I don't drink or smoke, but I trade options. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I wanted to have like some, some knowledge put down for her as she was getting older and more sophisticated learning about money. Uh, and it just sprung that into a set of notes that I was writing and pay encouraged me to, you know, put it together. This would be useful for folks. And before we knew it, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to try and write a book about this. But right. ultimately, it, it's like a guidebook you mentioned, right? It's a guidebook of how one can, you know, leverage uh, a system like, you know, IBC, how to get it started, um, how it works as well. I, I spent some time talking about debt. We said that's just, you know, uh, a common fact or pain in most Americans. And I spent a good deal of time explaining, you know, what gets you there, right? Why are we in such debt, you know? And then how IBC can be leveraged to attack that debt, pay it down, right? In the smartest fashion. Um, and yeah, so as far as that goes, it, it really, I, I wanted to have a way that, because like, unlike you, Chris, you're, I know you're the sniper, right? You, you talk <laughs> to people, you're very care, careful and great with questions pay jokes that I just vomit on people when I get excited. <laughs> and Kristen, you, you know, that's just, I, I don't know. It's not great, but that's my tendency. So I, I also wanted to really tamp it down and, and be able to you know, slow down and put it down to writing really helped for me. Uh, and also talking to people after that. But uh, yeah, so that's how that, you know, came to be. Well, Mike, you know, another thing like in the like sort of like the synopsis of your book that uh, it said that you realized that you were just another rat in a bigger wheel or a fancier wheel. And I like that language because like I feel as if the average person, I don't care what you do in life, right? I don't care if you're an investor, if you're a real real estate person, if you're you know, a, a teacher, if you're a, a contractor, like it doesn't matter. You can all relate. Everybody can relate to the idea that we're just a rat and a big wheel. And then the next next thing in life is maybe just a bigger, fancier wheel. Mm -hmm. And so like, talk, talk us through like your logic in using that language for like explaining financing, like infinite banking and, you know, the income snowball and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely there's that chapter, you know, rats in a bigger, fancier wheel. Um, that's what it is. I, it's like switching, you know, seats on the Titanic, you know, you're just, <laughs> you're, you know, but you're all going the same place. And what I want people to kind of understand is all of this ladder climbing, whether it's corporate or academic or wherever you're working, um, you're, you're, you're still going up this one trajectory. And, and I want to just challenge folks to understand that you're working for that money, whether it's, you know, we've got a shiny new title with a promotion in the corner office, you're still working for your money all the time for your family or whatever, which is fine and noble in itself. But there's another way where your money can be put to work. Right. And you can do both at the same time. That's how we started. Nobody just goes from one extreme to the other, but it takes learning and, and, and some coaching, you know. So I, I thought that was really important to kind of put some light on that, you know, it's really about your thinking, like Nelson says, and, and we always talk about the ruts in the brain, yep. you, you know, open yourself up, you know, to think otherwise. So, yeah, I think Chris, like this ties back to your book a little bit from the perspective of you talk a lot about debt 
And, you know, you talk about turning the wind current, which is mm -hmm. for anybody who's listened to our podcasts, if you don't know what that means, you are not listening. Um, <laughs> because that is a very, very important aspect of our educational process. Because, again, going, Mike, you talked a little bit about, you know, in your book, you talk about the rat race and working for the money. And we talk mm -hmm. a lot about like turning that wind current but we don't know how to apply it to our personal lives, right? Whereas Chris, your book talks about like a real life family and, and stories that you technically accumulated from a lot of our own clients and your own Absolutely. personal experiences. And then Mike, your book talks a lot about the other aspects of, you know, of infinite banking, but includes this debt idea and turning the wind current, maybe in different words. But what I think is so important is that even though both of these books are written with a different mindset, they both point back to the same idea is that your money has a value. And we talk a lot about this in Nelson's book, Economic Value Added, right? Yeah. While they aren't necessarily being taught in your books individually, I think that you guys are teaching EVA on a personal level. Yeah. And I think both mm -hmm. of the books from different perspectives and different teaching approaches focus on the four things that IBC does, yep. right? I mean, we... Mike very clearly talks about eliminating outside debt. He, he talks about the, the nature of debt in his book. Well, I don't talk about the nature of debt necessarily in my book, but we certainly talk about real life situations that this family is experiencing, right? And the emotional strain and the friction that can happen in a, in a relationship because of that. We talk about building that line of credit that you own and control. It is your banking system. Yep. You can use for new purchases, you know, all the things that we talk about all the time. Well, Mike Klong talks about that. And then he takes it and he links it to, how do I create passive income doing this? Right. And, and we call, we, we call Mike Klong our, our passive income specialist, <laughs> right? Because he and Pei have tried so many different things. And I think that's, one of the things I appreciate about Mike's book is it comes from a lot of experience trying a lot of different things. Yeah. And yet yeah. they've said, here's what works for us. Here's what we have found is a simple way to make your money work for you. Right. And, and you earned a lot of your stripes from failures and struggles. I'm sure Mike. Absolutely. No, no, no. And, and, you know, we come from a special place in that, that we can appreciate all the more what IBC can really do because we've done virtually every other asset class investing wise, you know, real estate, paper, you know, um, stocks, all these things, um, even currencies, you know, I never went to crypto, but, you know, I don't think I'm losing out there. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we can see like how advantageous it is where some folks, they hear about IBC they haven't really a lot of experience and they're like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. But, you know, it's like Nelson says, when you compare it, you're, you're compared to what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. And you can really appreciate IBC when you've tried all these different, you know, investments and things. And, right. and not to say we could, you know, make money elsewhere. But again, you mentioned simplicity and control. Those are the two most important things I appreciate, you know, because once yeah. you have a system going, it's so efficient. You, you literally... You it's you set it and forget it and, and it's fine. Yeah. Now if you you know set it and start using it and leveraging it and you know applying it to you know this investment that investment like the yeah. hand then it's it just takes the roof off. You know, Mike, you you're reminding me of um, a gal that we were working with and she had inherited a large amount of money 
-hmm. And we were kind of explaining what IBC was and how it worked and all these different things. And I remember her response was, well, that's not very exciting. And you just, you had a perfect, perfect response to her. Do you remember what that was? Well, I mean, it, I don't know exactly, but I mean, for me, it's like, yeah, it's boring. It just goes up and up and up every day. I like that. That's where I yeah. get to sleep well at night. And I appreciate yeah. at my age, good sleep. <clears throat> right. And so you can always go and do those exciting things as well, if that's in you, right? Yeah. But having your foundation that is just reliable and trustworthy, I'm reminded of an early, early boot camp we did. It was one of our first ones. Crawford, you might remember, mm -hmm. um, we were at Lawrence Country Club in the big room, actually in, in their main area that we never meet in there. Yeah. But we were in their main area and it was during a crisis in the market. And yeah. I remember we had this horseshoe of people sitting around us. And I think it was Jonas. I think Jonas just said, I just got to tell you guys, thank you, because the world's financial, the financial world is going crazy right now. Yep. And I feel this extreme <clears throat> sense of peace. And you could just feel it across the room. Like nobody was freaking out. Yeah. You yeah. know, they, they just felt comfortable. You know, this isn't necessarily related to your books, but like going in that direction, like, you know, one of the things that I talk a lot to people about including my family is like in the seven, eight years that I've been a part of infinite banking slash the life success legacy team, my financial peace is so much better than it used to be. Right. You know, like, and I guess and this does that really impact your book. marriage? Crawford? Yeah, I mean, on look, the spot. <laughs> I mean, literally like that's what I was going for was like, you know, for those of you who don't know, my wife is very OCD about numbers and uh, she's not good at math uh, and I am throwing her under the bus there, but she is very specific we'll about later. her numbers <laughs> and she will spend hours finding a penny on the statement. And I'm like, babe, it's a penny. It's not the end of the world today. Just move on. But she's stuck on it. It's like a dog with a bone, you know, and before infinite banking, and before we had the understanding of how to take control of our money and use our money and somebody else at that point had dibs on it as to use Kwong's language, literally, yes. I mean, it yeah. was in the market, it was tied up. I couldn't do anything with it. It all went out the door and I had no control. And then all of a sudden in, a, in, in three years, we saw a major turn. And now another four years later, you know, we are we are cooking with grease and there's nothing like you said that can stop it. And it's sort of this unbelievable freight train that when I talk to people about it, they're like, yeah, I invest in my 529 for my kids. And I was like, why? It is a one use asset. Yeah. It is money you send out the door that you can't touch until your kid goes to school. And then you get to pull it out if they go to school, right? What if they don't? Then you get taxed on it anyway. So you got hosed there. And then lastly, is that in the end, when it's all spent, what do you have left? With a life insurance policy, you could do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The worst thing that happens is you have a death benefit at the end. Yeah. And it always gets better. I just, you know, you know, the 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 term dibs, like I love that language, Mike. You know, when you talk about that, like it it, it does remind me of childhood stuff, like, you know, calling shotgun and calling dibs were the two most <laughs> <That's> like <right. laughs> you had to be on your game. And so 
I love that that language is how you chose to, you know, uh, describe your book, but it also was an acronym, right? That's right. Yeah. Dynamic income banking system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, dibs is, you know, like I said, I like that, that, that force, the dynamism and taking yep. control and ownership again, that's so important. You know, when you start to learn, and I say this in the book, like nobody's going to care about your money as much as you will. Yeah. You know, or that should be the case at least. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know, <coughs> excuse me, I realized like, okay, I'm trying to invest and learn and do things. I'm like, well, I can lose money with just the best of them, but I don't charge myself for that. Right. Yep. Whereas a money manager in a tough market, you know, whether or not they make money or for you, they're getting paid and they're yep. taking in addition to the losses that, you know, you're suffering. So, you know, there's nothing else, again, like IBC, where it only gets better year over year because people don't realize, you know, that your losses hurt you more than your gains. Absolutely. Right? Um, That's such a most... good mathematical reminder, too, is like, you know, you can see 10 years of gains, but one year of losses can set you back five years. Absolutely. 2008, <clears throat> my teachers who were ready to retire back in my principal days in 2008 happened and they lost, you know, a huge chunk of their, what they've been saving over their whole career and they couldn't retire. Well, you and know? that's an extreme case, right? Like that was a massive market crash. But I think to even further that logic and that, 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 that train of thought is that one year of even just a few percent point loss can be devastating. It doesn't have to be the 40% drop that we saw. And that's why when your money is at risk in those ways, in not being ran through a system that you own and control, you are putting your future at the hands of something that you have 0% control over. I want to um, share, I, I um, <clears throat> got Mike's book, uh, dibs on your money in the hands of this this woman that I met with last night. And um, she is just good as gold. She's a nurse, a bedside nurse, and she cares for people and she's concerned. Is her back going to hold up? You know, she's got three kids that are in their late teens, early 20s and um, single mom. And um, so anyway, we're having these conversations and she said, you know, I'm not sure I want to manage all of this because I'm talking about IBC and I'm talking about the income snowball. And she's in a position where she could be very successful. Mm -hmm. She inherited some money from her dad's passing. And so she's in a position and she lives very within her means. And I, I said, I want to dig in a little bit deeper there. Yeah. Is it that you just don't want to manage this stuff? Or is it that you're scared you won't know how to manage it? And she said, 100% it's fear. And I said, that we can help you with. Absolutely. We thrive on building competence and confidence. I said, every time we meet, every time we have a conversation, <clears throat> I want you to imagine that there's going to be a quiz at the end of this. Not that there's going to be a quiz, but I want you to think in a way of, I need to learn this for myself, right? right? We're always here to support you, but we want you to jump in and understand and know it. We want to hand those reins over to you. Yeah. And I think that that is like one of the things that I've always like appreciated about our team. And I think that these two books, you know, to go back to the books actually point to this logic as well, is that we are so educational that these books like are, are teaching in such different ways, but we are also the team that wants to like 
give you that power. We don't want to, we don't want to be the puppeteers. We will be, but we want to eventually give you that control. And ultimately, Rick, in your story, Chris, was yeah. given control. He eventually got there. Mike, mm -hmm. again, your book talks about your lack of control throughout learning your journey and then becoming the person in control and and teaching your family and you know your community about how to to manage that stuff. And I think that 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 paints such a cool picture of how our team operates, you know, um, that I believe and you know we say this a lot, but I think we operate in such a unique way that I don't know any other team that does what we do. I, I don't either. Uh, and I will say that that what we're talking about, our two books, who are they not for? It is for the person that they're not, it's not that they're scared of can they manage their own dollars. It's that they purely do not want to think about it. Right. They purely want somebody else to manage it and keep their fingers crossed that at the end when they need that money, it's going to be there. <laughs> our books are not for those people. Correct. If you are someone who wants to take control and maybe feels like maybe you don't have the financial literacy, mm -hmm. right? To feel confident and competent. Our books are for you and yeah. our team is for you as well. Right. Like we will come alongside you. We will meet you where you are and we will help you build that to where you get to the place where you're like my conversations with Ron Swall, you yeah. know, and, and he goes, so Chris, here's what I'm thinking. And he lays off all the thing. And I sit there and yeah. nod my head. And at the end, I go, yep, I agree. Yep. He's like, okay, thanks for your time. Yep. That's what we want. Yep. I get yeah. calls like that from clients all the time. Just, hey, checking in, had a question about this, 10 minute conversation, boom, they're on their way. And, you know, it, it's such a rewarding, like, it's almost like watching your kid walk for the first time, right? Yes. You know, it's like, you you see these families and they're people like, from all walks of life that are, you know, financially struggling literacy wise, right? Like understanding yeah. the literacy of it, maybe. And all of a sudden we teach them to crawl, then we help them walk. And the best part is, is that they've been in charge the whole time. They just didn't know it. I want to I want to give a plug and I've done this before and it's not available yet. I keep pushing her on it. But Winnie Lau, we're going to add to our library of resources for you all. Um, Winnie Lau is an IBC coach, one of our Nelson Nash Institute practitioners from up north in Canada. I adore Winnie and her daughter, Imagia, is just fantastic. What they've done, kind of like Mike Kwong, they've taken their life experience as a single mom raising a young woman and teaching her financial literacy as she yep. grows and develops. And this young woman is so much more confident and knowledgeable than her peers. And Winnie is creating a book. It's really almost like a, a workbook, right? Mm -hmm. And it also has a website that's available for people that she's um, working on <laughs> finishing that up. I'm so excited. We're going to get her uh, resources on our website. And then we're also going to do some podcasts with her when it's available. So yep. for our listeners who have young people out there and you're like, how do I teach this to my kids? The tool is coming. I can tell you, we started it, even though my youngest is 21, we started implementing some of those things in the last year. Her level of confidence and decrease in anxiety around money has been fantastic to yep. watch. Yeah. And I'll just add, I mean, you mentioned it like money can be seen as just math, right? I mean, my wife paid jokes that she sucks at math. She hates it until you put a dollar sign in front of the numbers. Then boom. <laughs> but my point with that That's is amazing. You know, a lot of times the topic of money is loaded with emotion, right? Yes. And 
and where otherwise very competent, intelligent, you know, uh, smart people, uh, when it comes to money, you know, it just uh, glaze comes over yeah. or, or yes. the fear, right? Or the intimidation sets in. And then again, the emotions take over where the logic leaves, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's great, your book, Chris, again, uh, just breaking down that barrier and understanding that, you know, this is life. It, it's yeah. just it's another part of life, you know, and, and the more, the sooner we become comfortable about it, talking about it with our spouse first, right? Or yeah. you know, our family, certainly our children, uh, the better off you'll be, you know, so absolutely. it's destigmatizing it, right? You know, it's yeah. sort of like we, we in America stigmatize a lot of different things and money is definitely one of them because there's a lack of literacy associated with it. And you sort of, as we said earlier, you send it off to somebody else and you hope that down the road it's available when you need it. And um, I think that that's one of the things like as we kind of like land the plane here with this mm -hmm. is like both of these books are teaching it teaching infinite banking in a way that can relate to a multitude of people even if you aren't a fan of parables the same way that Chris was when he wrote it this book still can speak to you if you are not interested in how Mike Quong got to where he got this book can still relate to you because it is teaching you sort of that financial literacy and understanding of money and I think that ultimately like what I love is that with 40% of our team having written a book, we have, uh, <laughs> we only have five people. Says, on says the math um, guy. We, hey, could have figured that out if you put a dollar sign. Dollar sign in front of it. <laughs> what, what I love though is that, you know, we, we, we really wanted this podcast today to be an opportunity for people to hear about additional resources that we have. Many of you have probably read Nelson's book, or we hope you have. If you haven't, please get your copy. But as we talked about to start the podcast, Chris's book is a little bit about the why, right? And Mike's book is a lot about the how. And those two things together really start to form a picture and an actual like, like game plan around how you can utilize infinite banking in your life today. It's not a wait six years. It's not a hold your breath and hope for it. How can you do something today? And that's you know, ultimately, we want to empower people to feel that freedom, that hope that is lacking in so many financial tools that we have to our at our disposal these days. And Crawford, I'm reminded for people who have already read these three books, we probably should have said this at the beginning, <laughs> but nonetheless, people who've already read these three books that we're talking about, I believe we did a podcast not too long ago where we all shared other books yeah. that we have read related to IBC, our favorite yes. books, financial literacy and things like that. Um, so I don't know if we can tag that or whatever, yeah, of but if there are people like, okay, this is great, but I need more. I'm ready I to digest more. Right. right. We have a podcast where we all shared these different books that we, we learned from. Yeah. I think it was just a few months ago, four or five months mm -hmm. ago that we did that podcast. And I think it was, uh, it was a really good opportunity for us to kind of expound upon the education that we all try to invest in ourselves, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So MC, let's land this plane. Uh, yep. You got any ideas about what we can offer these people? <clears throat> well, we've talked a little bit, you know, like one of the things that we want to give people the opportunity to do is maybe get both of these books. If you don't have them, at a bit of a discounted rate bundle. Um, and so uh, check out our website at lifesuccesslegacy.com and uh, check out our bundles. We're going to put a few different packages together. Um, 
And uh, if you don't need the package and you just want the individual book, um, you know, obviously welcome to do it that way. But we kind of want to give you an opportunity to um, to experience both the books, uh, save a bundle of books. Yeah. And save a few bucks along the way. Yeah. Good stuff. Guys, this has been so much fun. Um, yep. Mike Kwong, I love having you on here and sharing your perspective on these things. You are such a value-added pe- person to our clients. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I really appreciate you. Um, and Crawford, people don't get to see the stuff that you got that you get to do with our team. Um, yeah. But we've done some interviews with you as well. And oh, yeah. Let people know a little bit about what you do behind the scenes. So it's yeah. really, um, it, it's a full circle of how we've put this team together and uh, we hope that it ultimately benefits our clients. Uh, Absolutely. That's our, that's our goal. So thanks to everybody for joining us. Um, we look forward to uh, being with you again on our next episode. And uh, between now and then, check out our website, check out other podcasts. There's, gosh, a whole library of podcasts going back to 2016. Yep. So if you're bored over the holidays, there's plenty to listen to. <laughs> thanks for joining us. We'll see you later. later. <laughs>